Welcome back, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Andy and I are tackling a great topic, which is so timely and so relevant because I have been hearing from a lot of my uh, manager friends that this is something that a lot of us are dealing with right now due to COVID, which is client no-shows, whether they're new clients, existing clients, everybody seems to be battling the late client situation and the no-show client situation. And so Andy and I dive into how do we how do we tackle this one especially when the team might feel one way clients certainly feel another and as practice owners or practice leaders a lot of us probably feel even a third way somewhere in the middle so this was really really fun let's get into it and now the uncharted podcast And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and the one and only Stephanie. I'll never ghost on you, Goss. <laughs> I didn't ghost on you this morning. No, you, I was late. I wasn't saying I, I was talking about the thing from the mailbag, but yes, <laughs> you were you were tardy because you were updating your laptop. You know, it's it's always when you think, oh yeah, this will be real quick. I'll just I'll just restart, no problem. And then you get the blank screen of death, and you panic because oh yeah, it takes fifteen minutes to reboot the computer from that point. Uh, that's one of my not to, not to criticize. Uh, that's one of my. Although if you feel criticized, I'm okay with that. Um, I <laughs> just kidding. Um, I uh, <laughs> one of the things I struggle with most in my life is trying to squeeze in one more thing. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it, it comes from a good place. I'm like, I will do this one thing before the meeting starts because I'm four minutes early and then I'm yeah. seven minutes late. And, and you know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> that was a net loss. And, and, and the thing is, I was panicked the whole time I was doing the thing. So yeah, I, I have it. Mm-hmm. I just tease it. I had that exact, I had the exact same uh, situation many times with like software updates are the worst because you're like, I'm on Zoom. And it says uh-huh. update, and I've got like five minutes. <laughs> this is the one that takes 18 minutes, and they just didn't tell you until you hit go. Like, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. I know, I know. It's, oh well. <laughs> but speaking of late, we have um, a great topic for today, talking about late uh, in the context of late clients. Yes. So um, we've been having some uh, conversation, and we were talking about what do we do with late and no-show clients? And I know that this has been a challenge in my practices in the past. Like um, the team doesn't seem to be happy with the doctors or the manager when they say, well, let's figure out how to try and fit them in, right? Um, And so as a manager, I always felt like I was trying to figure out how to find the happy medium between keeping the doctors happy because we were taking care of the clients and we were getting the patients in and keeping the team happy who was like, look, we've the, the appointment is half done. How are we supposed to catch up? And now we're going to be running behind for the rest of the day. And part of the challenge is when people finally get there, you you don't want to reschedule because for most of us, our appointments are now booked out two, three, four, ten weeks. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of us, especially for like wellness appointments, we're booking two and three months out. And so if you have that client who is 15 minutes late and you have wasted three quarters or half of the appointment time because they're late, but you know that you're not going to be able to get them in for another three months, 
how do you deal with finding the happy medium between keeping the client happy and keeping the team happy? And then, you know, as a manager, always the revenue factor comes into play because I wonder like when we, if we don't get them in and they go home and we reschedule them and we tell them, oh no, you're going to have to wait four weeks until we can get back in. Are they ever going to come back? And so I thought this was just a good one for us to talk about it from, you know, some of the different sides and see if we can make heads or tails of it. Yeah, this is one of those pesky balance issues. You know, mm-hmm. the customer is not always right. And yeah. uh, what's convenient for us as a staff is not always the best play either. And so it, mm-hmm. it is, this is, this is one of those finding the middle episodes. So let's, let's put all the pieces on the table and, and just, and find the path. So, so okay. here, here's what I'm looking at. Let's, let's start with headspace like we often do. One of the traps in headspace here is uh, the righteous flaming sort of justice, you know, right. because it's easy to get to take the side of your people, of of the staff and be like, oh, right. these people are killing us. And blah. it's also easy to take the business owner, uh, business manager position and go, these are our clients. You need to serve them and uh, in both cases, you it's easy to take an extreme position here and uh, do so at your own peril, right? This is not a black and white, just you're on the side of the client or you're on the side of the staff, uh, whoever has gotten you fired up today. Th- that's, a, that's a bad idea. So the best headspace is every, everyone is doing their best. The clients who come in 10 or 15 minutes late, they're not bad people. They're not disrespecting you. This is, they, regardless, they did not slap you with their glove and demand satisfaction. <laughs> That's not what maybe happened. They just, yeah. Maybe they just needed to restart their computer. Maybe they just needed <laughs> to restart their laptop and it took longer than they thought. And their kids needed it for school and they had to wait until it loaded so they could go to uh-huh. school. Yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> their cat was not going in that cat carrier today. Oh, my God. That's um, the worst. Yeah. My cat I, is the worst about it. I had I had a client yesterday that called me and they were like, hey, uh, I want to come in and pick this thing up. And they said, I got to work at five. And I said, or oh, we close at six. And they were like, I'll be there at 530. And they did not make it. And um, <laughs> I went home, uh, you know, after it was 630, me getting out of the building and I hadn't seen them. Um, I don't know why they didn't make it. You know what I mean? I, 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 yeah. I do not think that they lied to me or misled me about their availability. I think life happened to them. And uh, and goodness gracious, if we started throwing stones at people who showed up late for things, um, I would I would get a lot of rocks thrown in my direction, I'm sure. <laughs> well, and I think that that's that's the hard part. I think you put your finger on it when you said um, it's really, really easy for the team, especially to want to draw the flaming, raging sort of justice mm-hmm. because they're in the thick of it. And when you have 20 or 30 minute appointments and someone is, you know, missing half of that appointment slot when they're 10 or 15 minutes late, it the first thing that your brain does is say, okay, well, now I'm going to be screwed for the rest of the day because (laughs) we're going to be running behind. And that, that adds to the stress and the chaos and the, we've got, you know, 25 other things and we've got drop-offs waiting in the treatment room. And I've had to pee for an hour and I still haven't taken a pee break. Like all of that uh, stacks up in your brain. And so it's super, super easy to just reach behind you and, you know, want to pull that sword out and just say, no, 
no, this is a black and white world. You are not on time. We are going to reschedule your appointment. Yeah. I mean, it's two things can be true at the same time and they often are. And here's an example. Um, It can be true that this person has showed up late and that is going to inconvenience you significantly through no fault of your own. You didn't do anything wrong. And now you got to deal with this appointment that's coming in 10 or 15 minutes late, five or 10, 15 minutes before the next appointment is supposed to start. And they're going to come five minutes early, you know, and uh, and have (laughs) to wait longer. And that's not fair to them. And so it can be 100 percent true that you are wildly inconvenienced and this is not fair. And at the same time, turning this person away. Uh, is a bad idea. Like both of those things can be absolutely true Mm -hmm. or turning them away is being unempathetic to their struggles as they are single parenting, trying to take their cat to the vet, you know, and they have multiple other commitments that they're trying to meet um, and their life doesn't revolve around coming to the vet clinic. Both of those things can be 100% true and valid. It is really easy to just reject the other person's position and say, this is my position. You serve our clients, period. Or uh, I can't do my job and you're going to push behind schedule significantly if I take you. And um, when we talk about disagreements, you know, that that's a that's a power disagreement. That's the voice of power of I want to take control, which means shut up and do your job or shut up and reschedule your appointment because you're late. And and yeah. We both can see how your mind goes there. And that's why that's why I call it the flaming, raging sword of justice, because there is this power to grasping the hilt of that of that mindset. Yeah. And I think um, I think on the flip side of it, just like it's really easy for the team to reach for the flaming, raging sword of justice. It's just as easy for the doctors and the managers to reach for it in a different way, in the sense that. I very rarely have I met someone who is in a position of hospital leadership in this industry where they weren't driven by we need to take care of the clients Mm -hmm. because they are not an interruption to our business. They are the reason for it. My um, my very first vet that I worked for used to say that and it stuck with me whenever, uh, you know, myself or the team would get super frustrated because the phone just won't stop ringing or the clients are late or whatever it was that felt out of control. It's really, really easy to get into a negative headspace and say, I'm so sick of this. And like, we just need to do our jobs. And if you guys, you know, speaking about the clients, if you can't show up on time, if you can't, uh, you know, answer your phone, like it's not my fault. I'm moving on with my job. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we're in the customer service industry. (laughs) Clients and our patients are the cause of our job. And if clients don't walk in the building, we don't take care of patients. And if we don't take care of patients, we don't generate any revenue for our hospitals and then nobody gets paid and none of us have jobs. And it's really, it's really easy on the flip side of that coin for someone in a leadership position to come down um, with the flaming rage of raging sort of justice and say, the clients are always right. Like we need to take care of the clients. And I have been in the team where the medical director or the owner doctor has said, no matter what the client does, if they show up a half hour late, we'll still see them. And I have been that person who has been there an hour late because we fit in four late clients in the day or, um, you know, we took all of the drop offs. And on the flip side of that coin for the team, it is very frustrating when it especially when it is a repeat situation and not just a one off. 
Yeah. What's what happens with this as well, and a lot of practices, right, is someone snatches the flaming raging sword of justice first, and then that polarizes people as well. Yeah. So as soon as the boss comes down and goes, guys, we are going to see the customers no matter what. Um, the a lot of the staff grab their swords and go this is not okay like we we're this is being forced on us and now we're behind a schedule and we're being ignored and we're not being appreciated and um and everyone takes extreme positions and, and you get this reactionary counter response and so you mm-hmm. you will see people quickly take sides and they're like you're either side uh the customer is always right we serve the client or your uh, team burnout wellness right. boundaries, you know, and <laughs> yeah, and that's that's just counterproductive and I get 100 percent understandable. Right. It's easy to see how we get there. Neither argument is 100 percent wrong. That's why we keep having the argument. If one side was right and the other yeah. was wrong, we, we would the profession would figure that out. But it's not that way. You know, uh, both sides have valid pieces. And so when we finish up talking about headspace, it, it, you know, we we have to realize. Both of them have valid pieces. Mm-hmm. Making the decision on the fly is a bad idea. And we just, we see yes. that a lot, right? So we're yes. like, oh, well, sometimes it's this and sometimes it's that. And there's good points for, points for this and good points for that. Well, guys, what are we going to do? Well, we're just going to decide when we're looking at it. And I'm like, that's yes. that's just one of my core philosophies. That that's a bad idea. I, I think as we talk about wellness and burnout and stuff in vet medicine, I, I think intentional decision making about things like this is really important and give give the front desk guidance and this is what we do and then support them and know that some people are going to be unhappy and some people are going to be happy and generally you know i think aspiring to a level where no one is ever unhappy i think that's unrealistic yeah but i do think that at some point we set the policies and know that there's going to be some people who aren't going to like it but it's going to be communicated clearly and regularly and our staff is not going to feel a moral obligation they're not going to feel beat up because i'm the jerk who told this crying uh person that i don't have time to see their dog and now i as the veterinarian i'm taking that weight home with me and that's not fair i don't own this place you know what I mean? I'm just trying to do what's right for everybody. And that's a moral kind of decision that came down on me. You know, that that shouldn't have come down on me. That should have been practice protocol. And it was just like, honestly, one of the one of the gifts you give people as a as a leader is rules that they point to and say, you know what? I totally understand that you don't want to pay for this. I that's, I'll, I will get in trouble if I don't charge you what I'm supposed to charge. Right. You. Uh, I, I hear you, buddy. But that's just the way it is here Uh, that's a gift as opposed to putting them in a position where they're supposed to make some decision about what we charge people or whether we take patients or we don't take patients i i I think at some point having autonomy to do everything you want is um i think it's it's counterproductive i i think it puts i think it puts a lot of weight on people that they don't necessarily want to have well and i will tell you i um worked in more than one practice where we did make it up on the fly. Mm-hmm. Like there there wasn't a policy or a protocol and it changed a little bit every single time someone made the decision because it was a different person making mm-hmm. the call each time. And as a team member, especially as a, as a front desk team member trying to decide what am I going to do here? 
um, it was really, really hard. And I will tell you that my life as a team member got exponentially easier when it came to something like this when we did have rules Mm -hmm. because it made it easier to say this is what I'm going to do and I don't have to really think about it and at the same time I know as a, a manager that having having it be black and white also creates its own challenges right because we do have to take care of our clients mm-hmm. and we do have to have empathy. We we work in a field where we have to put on our empathy hat every single day. And when we fail to do that, we often um, struggle to help our clients in the way that we want to. And so, you know, if I have a single mom who shows up to her appointment with her three kids in tow and the cat in a pillowcase because she was just like, I could not get it in the damn bag and I'm so sorry that I'm late, I even if I have the policy that we don't see appointments when they have been past a 10 minute mark or 15 minute mark or whatever, I'm, I still want to be able to put on my empathy hat and say, I can understand how hard that could be. And let me see what I can do for you. I don't necessarily need to commit that. Yes, I can fix your problem, but I do need to be able to have empathy and communicate with them in a compassionate way. Oh, that's such a fair point. Uh, So how do we work that out? Let's um, let's take a break here for a second and then we'll come back and work through this. Sounds good. Hey, gang, I'm so excited to tell you about a, a workshop that we have coming up for Uncharted. And when I say we, I actually mean me. I am going to be teaching a workshop in May this time on effective onboarding. This is something I have wanted to do for you guys since we started Uncharted, and I'm super pumped about this one. We're going to be doing a deep dive into onboarding. We're going to cover in part one, the paperwork. So how do we set ourselves up for success from a legal and HR perspective? And then part two is going to be about the people. So how do we bring people into our culture and teams intentionally and make it an experience that helps them stick with our team? And then in the middle, we're going to have an office hour session. We can dive into questions and uh, cover the things that you've always uh, wanted to ask. And if I don't know the answer, we'll see if I can direct you guys to people who are much smarter than me and do. So I look forward to seeing you all there. Registration is $1.99 and it's free to Uncharted members. So if you're not yet an Uncharted community member and you want to check it out, you can find more information at unchartedvet.com forward slash upcoming dash events. Hope to see you guys there. All right, let's um, let's get into what we're going to actually do about this. I think we've made pretty good cases for why people feel uh, both ways, right? So why do why we say, I don't want to take this extra client? Uh, they're, they're, they're 15, they're 20 minutes late, and there's going to be impacts throughout the day if I take this person. Yeah. Uh, there just, just are. And at the same time, what if this client is the single mom with her three kids and she's she's crying and she's done everything she can to get here? He's like, God, my heart breaks for that person. And I know how that feels. And if I got sent away, I think I would have some pretty... Um, uh, potent feelings about that interaction, right? Absolutely. So absolutely, yeah. So here's here's my thing. I we need to have some we need to have some guidelines. I, I, I you can't be make it up on the fly, and yeah. 
and the truth is like we I know why we do it and we do make it up on the fly because honestly here's the other thing guys make it up on the fly it works pretty good when you're not at maximum capacity you know mm-hmm. yeah. like if you've got if you got people hanging out usually during the day and you can count on there's going to be you know there's going to be we've got an open appointment later on that's going to you know we can kind of block that and that'll get caught back up onto schedule that's different then we are booked solid and and yeah. solid for weeks out and it's going to be pandemonium all day long and this is going to really hit us hard I, that that is important and those are important distinctions and that's why a lot of times we're like well we're going to do it on the fly we're going to look at the schedule and decide what we can do and when i say we need to be intentional and we need to figure out with our team what our policy is going to be i think a lot of people just like they say oh this is black and white we take them or turn them away. They think our policy is going to be take them or turn them away. And I don't think that that's true. There can be mm-hmm. nuance in policy. There can be guidelines yes. that have workarounds. I'm not going to send that lady back away. Um, but, but, but I'm either going to tell her, hey, um, you know, our policy is uh, if someone's more than 15 minutes late, we're going to work them in. But it won't be their necessary appointment time. They become a, a working appointment. And I'm going to phrase right. that in a positive way, not a negative way. I'm not going to say we can't see you. I'm going to right. say we can work you in when the doctor's available. They've moved on to the next appointment at this point. So there may be yeah. a wait. Is that OK? But um, but I'm going to work them in. Or I'm going to say, you know, our policy is once people are um, uh, 15 minutes late, this becomes a drop off appointment. And we'll take them and we'll call you and we'll let you know when you can come back and pick them up. And then that lets us get your pet done today and also stay on stay on track. Or mm-hmm. if you're more than 15 minutes late, you might not be able to see the doctor that you wanted to see unless you are willing to wait for that doctor. And so there's a yeah. lot of stuff like that that we can do that gives us flexibility to not tank our day and still takes care of the client, but does it in a way that doesn't blow us up. And that goes to the balance I was talking about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is the ultimate example of a customer service must, which is that no matter how your team decides to handle this and what you decide you want your policy to be, you need to tell the client what you can do for them. This is this is not about saying no. This is not about telling them we can't see you now. This is even even if that's ultimately what you're saying is that I need to reschedule you and we literally are not going to see you right now. The way that you frame it for the clients has to be in terms of what you can do for them. And like you said, Andy, there's so many different options and every hospital has to look at what are your possibilities? Do you have cage space to take drop offs? Do you you know, do you have multiple doctors on staff and someone might be able to pick it up if they don't have another appointment? Like every practice is going to be different in this way. But this is the ultimate uh, place for me where I want to come at this with the team from the perspective of this is absolutely about telling the clients how we can serve them and what we can do for them. And it is okay to have boundaries. It is okay to have policies in place that say when X happens, we do Y. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a I'm a big advocate in saying, yes, you have to have boundaries here and and your team has to understand the why behind it. And for for me with late and no shows, it is a lot of the time from a place of compassion for the team, which is that I know how frustrating it is 
to fit someone in when you like you said, when you're over capacity yeah. and you're slammed and you know that it's going to screw the rest of your day if you see this client that's 15 minutes late. And so for me, when I when I sit down to talk about what is our protocol going to be and how are we going to handle this? It is it is about talking with the team saying, hey, look, I recognize that this screws you up. And so how can we take care of the clients at the same time? What are our options? And really talking through the things that you laid out. Yeah. Can we do drop-offs? Can we do, uh, you know, work-ins? Can we, do we have a prompt care where they can just sit and wait until the doctor who's on just seeing walk-ins for that day is available? Like, what does that look like in your practice? Yeah. I, I'll tell you the, the scenario that I see a lot that I don't like is uh, the client comes in, they're 20 minutes late for their mm-hmm. appointment and we're running 20 minute appointments or 30 minute appointments, something like that. And they go to the front desk and say, I'm here for my appointment. And the person at the front desk freezes because she doesn't know what to do because she's like, you're man, you're really late. (laughs) Um, And so then there's no plan. Uh, Does she just admit them, you know, or, or she just puts them in and then everyone in the back goes, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) And that's kind of her passing the buck, just being like, Hey, I'm just going to do it. And then let them sort it out down the line, which, which (laughs) might be fine if it almost never happens. But you know, it's like, once you start getting resentment in the back and then they, she books them, uh, she she checks them in, you go, oh, and you get this pain in the back. The other thing that she does, the poor receptionist front desk person, uh, she goes, oh, hold on for a second. And then she walks into the back and she tries, she's been told to get approval to take a person. And she's like, who, like, who do I get approval from? And she's the technicians. Uh, no one's meeting her eyes. Like she's tried to look at me and I am intently looking at the blood work in my hand and like not making eye contact, uh, you know, and it's just, she's like, well, you, will you see this person? And I'm like, oh, right. and then I'm the jerk if I say no, and I don't want to say no, but I also know that my texts are going to be angry with me if I say yes. And, you know, and it's just, this is, this is the type of stress that I see so commonly that, uh, that drags people down. Or my favorite is when there's a doctor in the practice who is like super, super client centered. And so the front desk knows that if they go to that doctor, they won't they won't say no, that they'll always say, sure, I will figure out a way. And and then they do it because they know that the client will be taken care of, which is really where the CSR team most often comes from with this. Like they want to make the client happy, but then they go to that doctor and then that doctor's team is just like done with life because they're like, are you kidding me? This is where there is, I hate to even say this, but there is, I think some gender bias in this too, because you look for the nice vet who's going to say yes. (laughs) And you totally go to the new grad woman veterinarian because she's going to say yes and not the crotchety guy who's like, I'm getting getting out of here. Don't talk to me. Like, you know, and you go, that guy shouldn't get ahead because he's hard to talk to. Like, that's not how this should work. But uh, but here we are, you know. Yeah. So anyway. And and I think um, I think the biggest piece of that deer in the headlights moment is that the front desk team freezes because they don't know what to say um, Mm -hmm. or they don't know how to say it. And both of those things come from um, lack of training and preparation with them. Like we don't prepare them enough for that situation in that moment. Or the opposite side of it is when 
there is an expectation or there is a policy and a protocol and the team just doesn't necessarily agree to it. And I see that most often in the hospitals where the expectation is the client is always right. And no matter what, we will get them in. And the team gets frustrated with that because they get overwhelmed and they work at capacity and they work at capacity. And that's where the burnout happens. And so if you are one of those hospitals where the expectation is you're going to see everybody no matter what, know that you are setting yourself up for failure because at some point you will have team members who are up front and who don't agree with that. And it sets everybody up for failure because now you're putting them at odds with what they have been taught. And so they're either going to do it and be resentful um, or they're going to defy you, which is going to cause more yeah. problems. Well, I want, I want to jump back real quick to what you were saying about how different different practices are. The other thing I want to throw into the mix here as far as, you know, how do you handle this? Your cage space, you know, what is your capacity? How many, how, how are you technicians staffed as far as what they can do and what they can manage at one time? And, you know, the other thing I want to throw in is um, how often does this happen? And that's, that is a right. big thing. Uh, there's a lot of these issues that I see people get really excited about. Or they get really angry and, 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 uh, and I'll say to them, how often does this happen? And they're like once every six months. And I'm like, if it's once every six months, I'm much more likely to suck it up and just be like, just, right. we're just going to, we're just going to see, we're going to make it work once every six months. It's not once every six months. I'm sure it's not. You're right. But, um, right. but you get the point too. If this happens once every couple of weeks, that's one thing. If it's happening multiple times a day, that's something different. And th- but those things are important in, in how we factor mm-hmm. them in, you know, um, yeah. we're going to talk in a second about, uh, about no show appointments and people go, well, what are you doing about no shows? And I go, it really does depend on how big a problem this is. If somebody right. no shows on you every, you know, every couple months and uh, and you're busy enough that you just are happy when that that's a happy little accident that you go, yay, I can catch back up and do phone calls. Then I probably wouldn't do anything about it. But if mm-hmm. it's something that's happening a lot and you've got people twiddling their thumbs and, you know, and stuff like that, then, well, then I'm, I'm going to make some changes. But it's, it's amazing how often people don't take the frequency of the problem into account in their aggressiveness approaching it. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I still I still fall on the side of um, even if it happens fairly infrequently when it comes to clients, that's one of those things where I still want to have some sort of framework oh, yeah. for the team because I want to try and avoid that during the No, I, I, I get that. Right? I, I guess what I'm saying is frequency for me impacts how aggressively I'm going yeah. to approach it. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I'm not saying don't have a plan, but what I'm saying is I'm probably going to be a bit more militant about what gets done if this mm-hmm. is a constant problem, as opposed to this is a once in a blue moon problem. And by I say militant, um, if you are completely buried and you can't breathe and people just showing up late all the time, you might actually say, we cannot see you today. You'll need to be rescheduled because mm-hmm. you're more than 50 minutes late. And that might be the best course of action for you and make that person mad. But you're like, look. Uh, this happens multiple times a day and we have a billion things going on and this we have done the cost benefit analysis and making you mad and sending you away is better than uh, yeah. than us taking you and every other person who comes late. I, most practices are not that way and they're not going to be that way. But I use that just to make the point of um, frequency does matter as far as what we can do. 
Well, and that's I think you put your your finger right on it when you said, um, you know, sometimes you hit that point and it doesn't happen very often. But when it does, you send them away. And I think that's where clients are often caught unaware because in that moment, it makes perfect sense for you because, you know, I can't we can't we we just can't handle one more emergency today like you. We need you to go somewhere else and you ask them to reschedule or you send them to the ER when that's the first and only time that your clients have heard that you have a late policy. Um, you know, yeah. that's when that's when the team leans into policy is when they know that they have an upset client on their hands. And so they'll say, well, unfortunately, you were more than 15 minutes late. We're, our, our policy says we're going to have to reschedule you or, you know, you're more than 15 minutes late. The doctor has been totally slammed. We've taken in another emergency since then. This really is fairly urgent and probably shouldn't wait. We're going to send you to the emergency clinic when that's the first time that they've heard that that's your policy or that's your process that is usually what ignites it for clients. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's if it's well known and it's something that they're aware of in that moment, they can put their empathy hat on much easier and say, okay, I I totally get it. I I've I've been that client showing up somewhere where I'm like, I know that I'm more than 15 minutes late. And if you can't see me today, I totally understand. Can you can you just reschedule me? And if I have to pay for today's appointment, I will. Like I, you know, that life happens and it's not hard to be able to put ourselves in someone else's shoes in those moments if we're aware that that's the protocol and and the policy. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Let's start to lay this down. Uh, Step one, whenever possible, involve the team in figuring Mm -hmm. out how to handle this because that is your best shield against your people getting mad uh, about and saying, oh, all you care about is the clients. Let's, Let's involve them in the process. And the reason I say that too is because people in vet medicine are generally good people. These people wouldn't be here if they didn't want to take care of these pets. And they and everyone can relate to running late. I, I just I don't think this thing is something that people are unreally unreasonable about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you humanize the clients and say, hey, how, how are we going to do? We don't turn these people away. Uh, the front desk doesn't want to deal with angry people for no reason. It, there really yeah. is benefit to us to come into a consensus. And the big part of this that is the trick is getting them to think creatively about what is possible. It's like it doesn't have to be see them with the doctor they were previously set to see in the exam room as they were previously set to be uh, to be seen. Um, we, you know, in the Uncharted conference last week, we had people say, I actually uh, had someone talking about one of the things that they have done is that someone shows up late, then they are going to be put into a curbside slot. And that is to stop that so they can go ahead and load the exam room with the next client and mm-hmm. not tie that exam room up. And I thought that was a rather elegant solution. You know, you've only got 10 minutes left for the appointment. You say, hey, you know, we're going to need to see you curbside because uh, the exam room is being cleaned and prepped for the next uh, patient. Yep. But you can get seen, but you're going to stay in your car. And I, I was just like, man, that's elegant. It is a it is a nice compromise. And if the person's mad, they should have been on time. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry. Yep. You know, they there's there's some responsibility they have in this, so, but I just getting your your uh, team to think, hey, there's a lot of options here as far as dropping off, as far as um, changing doctors, as far as transitioning to uh, a work in, as far as staying curbside so they're not tying up one of our exam rooms, um, you know, and, and keeping those rooms moving the way that we want. I think that there's a lot of things we can do. 
Well, and so I think a lot of the time this is um, where some teams can, this like brainstorming process is where some teams can really um, struggle in one of two ways. One is that you have a bunch of people who really don't like to bring out ideas in front of other people if you have a team of introverts or um, if you have a team if they are particularly frustrated about this because this has Mm -hmm. been something that's been going on it is very easy for them to narrow down their lens to to look at this from a very black and white perspective and that doesn't um often inspire creativity right if they're looking at it from we can either take them in and screw up our whole day or we can reschedule them. If they are looking at it from the black and white ends of the spectrum, it can be really hard for them to see the the shades of gray. And so when I am doing this kind of um, exercise with the team, I'll often just lay out the, the ends of the opposite ends of the spectrum for them and say, mm-hmm. okay, I can see option A is that we could take them in and our whole day could be screwed and everyone will be pissed off and we'll go home an hour late. That is one end. At the other end is we can reschedule them. We're booked six weeks out and we know that the client is probably going to be really pissed off if that is our option. So that's where we have. There is 99 flavors in between. Mm-hmm. What are what are some of those? And and one of my favorite questions to ask them here is, what does your doctor do? Like if you go to the doctor, what are their protocols and policies? If you go to your um, you know, hairstylist or any other service that you as a human consume. If you go somewhere else, what are some of the examples that you've seen just to kind of get the ball rolling in their head yeah. that we don't have to be narrowly confined to this veterinary box where we think we see all of the patients and we kill ourselves or we make the client happy at all costs. Yeah, like stylist, those are the two ends. My stylist puts me in a cage in the back until uh, <laughs> it's convenient for him. And, and then uh, and then he cuts my hair. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I, I know I, what I mean. I, the, the beauty of what so what we're what we're trying to do here is to get them to empathize with the client, right? Yeah. It's because we we know that they empathize with themselves. They 100 percent know where they're coming from and how they feel. Right. It's it's not right. that hard to put yourself in the position of the person running late. There are some people who are those super annoying, punctual people who are on time for everything who are like, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not early, you're late. And I'm like, that's not, that's not true. That's just basically like, that's not how time works. Uh, But they do not agree. If you're not early, you're late. Uh, And so they, some, I guess what I'm saying is some people are more forgiving them than others uh, for running late. Uh, maybe I maybe I empathize real well for a reason. But anyway, <laughs> I, getting them to be like to look at how how do you want to be treated? That's really right. it. Is like you have been the person running late. How were you treated? How do you how did you feel about that? How do you how do you want to be treated? And I, I think that that I think that that's really good as far as getting people to to put things on the table and talk about what's possible and then just sort of say, guys, you know, you don't want to turn everybody away. You don't we don't want to be you know, we like our clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think getting them yeah. to discuss what options are and start to brainstorm, even if you just say we're just brainstorming, we're throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. What do you guys think? And then you say, well, I'm going to go ahead and work on this as far as what a plan looks like. Uh, just getting them to put the ideas out and talk about what might be possible. It can be really valuable. And I will tell you too, uh, there's a lot of times there are simple solutions that come from your team that you didn't see. That absolutely happens quite a bit. Yeah. 
So I think um, step number one is you have to get the team involved and doing a doing a brainstorm or, you know, um, writing writing out ideas on the whiteboard or doing a round robin of like, you know, you the first person goes and then you just go rapid fire around the circle and just throw ideas out there and see what you capture, get them involved in talking in the process and then have um have a plan for how you're going to follow up. Are you going to, are you going to let them decide? Are you guys going to decide as a team? There are some hospitals where that uh, democracy absolutely would work. And there are other hospitals where if the team was like, no, we're going to turn them away every time because we don't want to screw up our days. Well, from a business perspective, I'm going to have strong feelings about that as a manager and as an owner, because I know that that is not, that is not a choice that we could could always make if it's something that is happening on a regular basis. If it happens once in a blue moon, fine. If that if we want that to be our policy and we're going to take the hired line, I might be okay with that. But if we're in a situation where this is happening pretty frequently, you bet I'm going to be concerned about the loss of revenue and pissing off clients mm-hmm. and the, you know, the public face of that. Like I'm going to I'm going to be worried about that and so I may not go along with the team on that. And so how it doesn't it doesn't matter how you do what you do but there has to be a plan for what are you going to do with the information next because nothing kills the buy-in process like asking them for opinion their opinion and then doing nothing yeah. with oh, the information I agree. that you receive. Yeah, no I completely agree with that. I, I like phrases like I want to get your input on this. I want to understand mm-hmm. what your thoughts are. I want to work with you guys. I want to work with you to create something. And it's just because mm-hmm. um I don't want to say, hey, guys, we're going to do what you want to do. And then they tell me and I go, right. oh, no, I changed my mind. Right. That. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't want to ask them something. I'm not going to then honor their response. And so I, I try to I try to frame it in a way that that makes them feel. And, and then as as we have a good conversation and it's a reasonable conversation, I'm going to put more and more and more weight on on what they want to do. All right. So number one is um, is getting the team on board. Right. Number two has got to be setting expectations of the clients. Yeah. And I, I think I think for me, um, for the solution finding, one of the things that I would suggest is look at how long your appointments are. You know, if you if you're trying to decide what is kind of that happy medium, like if you're running 20 minute appointments and you have somebody show up 15 minutes late, they've missed three quarters of their appointments. Can you realistically physically do a thorough exam on a patient in five minutes? And so I think every clinic has to kind of look at that and decide there probably needs to be some sort of cutoff time. And that has been a really useful tool for me as a manager in terms of figuring out what that cutoff time kind of is in terms of realistically is like, if we're really pushed, how long does it take us to do a thorough exam? And for me, that's kind of where the the limit has been. And that helps, um, you know, kind of give a framework for a policy and a protocol. And so For me, it has been about what is the input of the team in terms of the solutions that we can offer clients and then figuring a cutoff point and writing it down effectively um, so that you can communicate it with your clients. Because like I said, if the first and only time that they're hearing that you have a policy or that they're aware that there is policy is when you're um, applying it to them it's often when they get really peeved. So it should be something that is communicated often. Like, yes, it should be in their client registration form, but how many of us have clients who have been with our practice for 10 or 15 years? Dude, if they filled that paperwork out 15 years ago and you haven't done any paperwork updates since, is that the only time that they've heard that that's your policy? Yeah. Or is your team sharing that with them on a regular basis when your CSR schedule appointments? Are they, uh, you know, reminding the clients just 
just a reminder, we've we know that life is crazy right now, especially with COVID. We've been seeing a significant increase in late or no show clients. Just as a reminder, if you're going to be more than 15 minutes late, we are going to have to reschedule your Mm -hmm. appointment or we do have a no show policy. If you don't cancel with 24 hours advance notice, this is what the you know, this is what happens. We charge you a visit or whatever your policy is. How are you communicating that to them and communicating on it on an ongoing basis? Yeah, no, I I agree with that. that. That's just the thought to have is is how do we let them know they shouldn't hear the first time. Uh, the, f- the first time they hear the policy about getting rescheduled when they're 50 minutes late is when they're 22 minutes late and they've got their crying kids and their cat in a bag and they're standing in your clinic. That's a yeah. hard pill to swallow. Um, yes. <laughs> I yeah. I really like like confirmation emails, especially if you send uh, confirmation texts, which I, I'm mm-hmm. a big, big fan of. Just, yeah. hey, remember you have a, a appointment tomorrow. Please confirm yes or no. And then they hit yes. And you say, great, please. Uh, your appointment is this time. Please plan to arrive five minutes early. Know that uh, arri- uh, that uh, patients arriving more than 15 minutes late will need to be rescheduled. And just just mm-hmm. trying to put those things into their head. And of course, some people are not going to see it. But um, the more times we put it out, the easier it is. What do you think about contacting clients who haven't shown up yet? Yeah. So my process has always been for that, that whatever our policy is. And and for me, I've I've always run on 30 minute appointments or longer. So our cutoff point has always been kind of the 15 minute mark. And so our process is, um, you know, when when an appointment time starts. So at the top of the hour, um, the CSR team kind of runs the clock and at 15 minutes after, if the client hasn't shown up, our process has always been we pick up the phone and we try calling them for a long time. We used to call the first number on the account, which used to always be home numbers. And what I had to drill into my team's head is if they're supposed to be on their way to the clinic, they're probably not going to answer their yeah. house phone. So our rule of thumb has been call the cell phone first and just leave a leave a message and just let them know, you know, uh, this is Stephanie. I'm calling from, you know, Polesville Marina Veterinary Clinic. I am just calling because we had you down for an eight o'clock appointment with Dr. Hickey and we haven't seen you in the parking lot yet. Unfortunately, at this point in time, we are either going to have to reschedule or if it's a possibility for you in your clinic, we can offer you a drop off appointment if you are still able to come in today please give us a call or text us at this number to let us know how you'd like to proceed and then document it in the chart um, so that when they call back five minutes later, having not listened to the message um, because no one ever listens to their voicemails anymore, the next person who has to deal with that client knows what what you communicated to them, even if it was just communicated um, by message. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And the last thing is uh, practice what we say with the team. You know, is yeah. just get the front desk together and say, this is the protocol. This is the person they're calling on the phone and this is what they say. And they're lost and they're 22 minutes past their appointment. Let's let's talk as a group about what do we say? And it's mm-hmm. not role playing one on one in front of a group that tends to scare people to death. Um, if you have people who are willing to do that, it's great. But for, for generally what I have had success with is opening that up for discussion and saying, how do I start this conversation? What are the important things to say to this person? And then I walk them towards uh, sort of a role play exercise. Yeah. And and one of the things that is really, really important for me is um, when when I'm training on this with the team, I really want them to remember what it's like to be in the client's shoes. And so a big part of it is is the empathy. And so for me, even if we have a clear cut policy and protocol in place, 
I absolutely want my front desk to be empowered by that policy and protocol, but I also want them to understand the empathy factor. And so the first thing that's always been a part of my process is let me see what I can do for you. Yeah. And, um, and even if I already know the answer as a CSR, I will say to the client, let me see what I can do for you. And then I will walk back into the treatment room and I will confer that there's no possible way that we can fit them in and that none of our options are going to work for them or say, hey, how are you guys doing with the drop offs you already took? Can we take another one? Like generally, I'm not going to make that decision in a bubble. I want to double check because if something has shifted in the back half of the hospital, I might not know. And they may have gotten done with the five other things that came in pretty quickly or Um, you know, they may be up to their eyeballs. And so I want to go and ask them. And then I have more information to empower me to go back to the front desk and say to the client, you know, I I verified with the patient care team and they are, um, you know, they are actually finishing things up a little quicker than they expected. And so, you know, we can't see you right away because we have to start the next appointment on time because they're already here. However, if you're willing to wait out in your car, we could give you a call as soon as they're they're getting going with this one and we have a space available and then we'll be able to see you guys. But there might just be a little bit of a wait. If that works for you, um, we can do that. Or I'd be happy to reschedule you for another day and and give them their choices, right? This is This is where I go back to the customer service piece, which is don't tell them that you can't help them. Tell them what you can do for yeah. them, even if there are boundaries to what you can do. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Let's uh let's switch up here at the end and talk a bit about no-shows. Can we do that? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right. There's three kinds of no-shows, I think. Uh, there is the new client no-show. There yes. is the once in a blue, blue moon, lightning strike, random no-show. Yes. The person yes. just flaked out and they're yes. mortified. Um, their car broke down and it <laughs> never happened before and never happened again. Right. And then there's the chronic no-show, which are the people yes. who have a bit of a reputation for just not coming in either when they say they will or just at all yeah so i i think generally i think we handle these differently um unless you're in a position where you're just overwhelmed with all three you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so let me so let me just what i want to do is use our previous discussion to just quickly flesh out this one uh for me this is very much that frequency question how often does it happen um, yep. you know, if this is a rarity at your hospital and generally you're happy that it's a, it doesn't happen so you can catch up on other things, I don't know how aggressive I would be. I think for a lot of people, we have to look at how often does it happen and, uh, and what's the impact? You know, I, yes. I um, I had a three pet appointment that was booked for an hour and they no showed. And that was like yeah. a, that's like a third of my afternoon. You know what I mean? Right. That was, yeah, that was gone. Um, so, yeah, it, like if that happens on the regular, that's a problem. You know, that's yeah. that's lost capacity. There is opportunity cost there because somebody else, especially if you're busy enough, someone else didn't get in. Uh, and this person yeah. did. It's like you literally lost business because you turned down someone or pushed them off when they could have come in and got and you could have done that work and had that uh, that money in the bank from the work that you did. Yeah, I love that you brought up the multi-pet appointment because that that that's a big uh, topic of conversation. A lot of times for managers, it's like, well, what do, what do I do with this? And again, this is where we are so conditioned to go to the black and white opposite ends of the spectrum with 
the team and with ourselves in terms of how do we solve this. And so for me, the answer lies in, you know, it is totally okay to to define a policy and and say these are our requirements for this to happen. Mm-hmm. And if a client really wants that thing to happen, they'll be okay with the policy. So for example, with with multi pets, you know, multi pet no shows suck. Yeah. And we've all experienced them. And so you know, a long time ago, I started having a protocol, which was, okay, if they wanted to schedule more than two pets, which is when we block off an hour or more, mm-hmm. right? When we've when we've got more than two pets, that's fine. They just have to prepay the exam fee yep. to book the appointment. And if they need to reschedule, no problem. We'll roll it over. They can, they can leave it on their account. But there has to be some accountability on their part to understand this is not a 20-minute block of time we're talking about. We're taking up an hour of our schedule and it is very impactful when that doesn't go according to plan. Um, And so I found that having a policy and just explaining it to the clients, same as with regular no-shows, it's like, this is our, this is our policy. This is our, this is our plan. If you no-show, we understand life happens. And so we have a process for how we document it and Mm -hmm. it goes into their chart so that the next time it happens, we know, has this happened before? Is this a one-off for this client? And when it has happened more than, once, twice, three times, then I have no concerns saying to a client, here are the boundaries. And if you want to continue to come, this is the hoops that you're going to have to jump through. Mm -hmm. You know, either you get, and again, there are so many different options and it's not a one size fits all approach. I've worked in clinics where they have to pay for the exam in order to book the appointment. And I've worked in practices where they have had to um, only they can call us the same day. And if we have space, we'll put them on the calendar, but otherwise we're not pre-booking because they miss three quarters of their appointments. You know, it, they're, again, it's you do you, it has to be a right fit for your team, but this is where use the team to brainstorm and ask them the questions of how often is this happening? Mm-hmm. Is this a regular occurrence? I think with COVID, life is crazy for everybody. Yeah. And we have seen an increasing number of no-shows from good clients and also new client no-shows left and right. And so I think that's part of why we're talking about this a lot more. And so I think for a lot of us who it never really was a problem, we're having to face that for the first time. And so I think the biggest thing is, again, you have to have a policy. You can't just communicate it to the client's when it happens, they have to know that this is a thing. These are your rules. And if they want to play in your sandbox, these are these are the rules they have to follow. And then be okay with empowering the team to enforce the protocols because you've trained them in how you want them to say what you want them to say. Right. The one subtle thing that I, I want to point out that I've seen some people wrestle with is it, it's important that people understand why uh, we collect a deposit to do, I mean, people on our team, why we collect a deposit yes. for uh, these appointments. It is not to punish people who stand us up. And the, the yes. flaming, raging sort of justice <laughs> response is, we like, how dare you stand me up? I'm go- I'm going to start pre-charging so I can stick those people. It's like, no, it's to, it's to protect ourselves financially from getting, yes. from getting stuck, which, and the reason I bring that up is because um, when we start thinking about can people reschedule and how much time do they have to reschedule and things like that? That's when this comes mm-hmm. into play. This is not supposed to be a gotcha thing where you're like, you made this appointment. And now I'm going to take this. Like, no, this right. is a hundred percent just to prevent us from having empty slots and standing around when we're expecting people to come in. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I generally think 
looking at that and saying, what can my policy be? You know, if we're going to fill these spots as soon as they go open, then 24 hours, um, you know, a a 24 hour reschedule policy seems totally reasonable to me. Just let us know. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's 12 hours. Maybe it's 12 hours in advance. We we need at least 12 hours. Other than that, we'll fill these spots and you can change whenever you want. And there's, we're not out anything. We're not financially hurt here. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really do think that's, that's, that's just an important thing of, this is about just protecting ourselves. It is not about punishing clients. And that's a subtle thing, but man, believe it creeps into people's words. If the front desk thinks yeah. this is punishment, um, they'll talk about it that way, even just subtly yes. and clients pick up on it and they don't like yes. it. This is this is not meant to be a punishment. It's not a bad thing. This is just us uh, saying what we need in order to do business and be uh, made whole. So yeah, anyway, I, I think that that's really important. You talked about the multi-pet. Uh, the multi-pet visit, which I think is a great one. You mentioned the new pet visit. And I think I think the new pet no-show has really blown up in COVID because yeah. so many people are, they're price shopping. They're, they're shopping for a vet. They're calling around. They've got a new pet and then they make a new appointment and then they call somebody else and it's closer to them. And then they're like, oh, I'm just going to go to this. Or they get, a, yep. I mean, people, people ghosting is out of control. You know, people just yes. get a more convenient time. They don't even know what the cost is. They didn't yes. even... They didn't even ask you what you charge, but they're just like, oh, this place can, can see, see me, me sooner. sooner. So I'm just going to yep. go there. And they just leave the appointment on the book. And um, again, I don't think they're being bad. I don't think they're trying to be evil. Or They just don't, they don't understand that you're like, hey man, this this hurts our ability to see other patients. Um, right. And they just don't get it. And so I, that's why I really don't have a problem, especially a lot of places just say, hey, just for new clients. We're going yeah. to have a deposit and it's going to be the exam fee and you pay up front. And a lot of people go, oh, well, clients don't want to do that. It's like, well, I would bet you that those are clients who weren't going to actually come in. Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. they don't. You're, you're saying, hey, you taking this appointment block. It's time for you to commit to it and you can totally reschedule. You can even cancel it if you want and get your mm-hmm. money back. Uh, as yep. long as you do it within 24 hours. That seems very reasonable to me. If they're not willing to do that, I'm not willing to put them on my very busy schedule. And I think that that's just, we have to absolve ourselves of the guilt Mm -hmm. factor, right? Which is that we are all trying to be all things to all people. And this is, this is one of those positive lessons that I feel like COVID has taught us in the veterinary space about boundaries, which is that it is okay. Because I agree with you a hundred percent if they are unwilling to pay the exam fee that they're going to pay no matter what when they come into your practice, they're probably not going to show up anyways. And so <laughs> I, I, there was a big fear factor among my manager community when we first started talking about doing this. And for a lot of us, it really just started with COVID because we saw this huge uptick in new client ghosting. And um, we were just like, let's let's go for it and try yeah. it. And and it was a scary thing. But I think it has proven to us, like I said, in one of those positive ways that this is something that we can do and should be able to set strong boundaries with clients. And they understand. Yeah, I, I completely agree. This has a a been a big topic of conversation in the uncharted community recently as more and more practices yeah. start doing it. So. Anyway, Steph, thanks for talking this through with me. Um, I hope it's helpful for people out there and that they're sort of thinking, hey, maybe we could have more of a discussion with our team about uh, about people showing up late. And maybe we could think about taking some deposits and uh, and and having more direct conversations about no shows. Remember, remind your team that life happens and we cannot commit 
the cardinal mistake of forgetting that life happens and taking our empathy hat off. Mm -hmm. And so we want to think that policies and protocols happen in a black and white world, but the reality is veterinary medicine is a world of gray. And so we have to teach the team, here are the rules, here's how we want to apply them. And we also want you to think with good judgment and with empathy and put the clients first because we've, we've, I hate to say it, but I know very few people in my life who haven't at some point in time been late. Yeah, And so it's really easy to just put it on and say, could I see myself in the that client's shoes? And if so, how would I want to be treated? Yeah. Remember our compassion. Remember our values. Remember also that we need to take care of our staff and yep. we need to run a, a healthy business that's going to be around for the long term. And, and it's, yep. I'm going to bounce them. All right, my friend. Thanks again for everything. I love it. Yeah. Have a great week, guys. Take care. That's it, everybody. Andy and I will see you back here next week. In the meantime, if you are wondering how you can get your next Uncharted fix, I've got you. I've got you. I am actually going to be teaching a workshop that starts next week on Wednesday, May 19th. The workshop is running May 19th, the 23rd and the 26th. It is a three-part workshop. Part one is going to be the paperwork of onboarding. So how do we make sure that people come on board in our practices in a legal way that covers all of our bases? And then the part two, which is the 26th, we're going to talk about the people. So how do we intentionally introduce them to our cultures and make it sticky for them? And in the meantime, in the middle, on Sunday the 23rd, we're going to do a Q&A session and dive into all the questions that you guys have about onboarding. And um, I would love to see you there. If you want more information to sign up, you can visit us at unchartedvet.com forward slash upcoming dash events to find out more about this workshop and all the other upcoming shenanigans that Uncharted has got going on. And there is some good stuff coming. So come check it out. We'd love to see you there. Take care, everybody. Bye.